You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome back. We're glad to have you with us on this episode 15 of the Four Faces of Love. And as always, we're reading from our text to show you the basis for the four different faces that are presented to us in Ephesians 3. And uh, so love has more than one face, and you can't get the real love if you don't walk around the whole house and look at it from all four sides. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height. Interesting that when he talks about love, he has no words for feeling here. He doesn't say that you feel love. Most people would think that the most important ability to grasp love is through feeling, and that's not the case. It is important, way more important, that you comprehend love than whether or not you feel love. Comprehension, the understanding of love and what it is, is far more important than the feeling of love. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't want to feel love, but it's more important that you comprehend love. So he prays that we would comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length, and we've said that length has to do with guarding, and we've shown you all through Scripture how that God guards His people. Length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, that means to experience it, to live it out, to, to have it in manifestation in your life. The, know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. You won't have God's fullness in your life if you don't get the four faces of love. Now, love guards and love protects, and sometimes even when it seems a bit harsh. And I'm going to show you a story that I think is going to cause some of you to stumble a little bit. I'll be honest with you, because your thinking is all wrong. And I hope I can turn you around here and get you to see something that will help you and people that you say you love but may not be helping in the very best way. This is the story of the weaning of Isaac. Isaac is a miracle child. He is not the product of Abraham and his second wife, Hagar. He is the product of Abraham and his wife, Sarah, both of whom had gotten so old they could not have a baby without the power of God. So the very fact that God waited till Abraham was 100, Sarah was 90, to give them this son says, this is an important kid. Genesis 21.8, so the child Isaac grew and was weaned, probably somewhere in the age uh, range of five. And Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned, and that was a, a common ceremony. And by the way, Ishmael would have had the same kind of feast. Now, Ishmael is 14 years older than Isaac, so he's 19 when this is happening. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Now, nobody scoffed when he was weaned. He didn't get treated like this, but yet he is treating his kid brother with this tremendous disrespect. Therefore, she, Sarah, said to Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. Now, 
I got to say this to you, and, and you, you better get this. When God starts working in your life, a lot of people will truly be happy, but there are going to be a lot of people who won't be happy. I remember when the church that I founded in Tulsa, Oklahoma, began to grow. We were no longer small, no longer struggling. We were really thriving. And a lot of people were coming to our church. You would think that everybody in the kingdom of God would be happy. But there were certain ones in our city, in churches, in leadership, other pastors, who did not like it one little bit that we were growing and thriving and prospering. And as I came under them, went to their meetings, I felt tremendous animosity. People who also went to those meetings, who were my friends and yet their friends, would come to me and they would say to me, they're saying these things about you behind your back. They are not happy with you. Now, they didn't tell me that personally, but they said it behind my back. And it really grieved me. There was only one course of action for me to follow, and that was to pull away. And I did. And it was difficult for me because in my mind, if you pulled away, you weren't walking in love. But can I tell you this? There are times when pulling away is the only course you can take with certain people. The Bible says we are the body of Christ, but we're members of the body in particular. Now, I want you to go to a place where you can see your back with a mirror. And I want you to look at your back and see whether or not there is a finger sticking up out of the middle of your back. Now, I think you're going to find that there is no finger in the middle of your back. The reason for that is we are members of his body and we are fitly joined together. In other words, God places us where we fit. And sometimes we may be in a place in the body where it's awkward, where we do not fit. And people have these crazy notions that if we really walk in love, we have to be together all of the time. And what they preach is not unity of the Spirit, but a union of organization. And I've been around ministers that are like that. They want to get everybody together all the time, and they just get mad if they can't get everybody together. And, uh, and, and this is one thing I've found. When they have those kinds of motives, you know what they're up to? They want to be the head of what everybody else is doing. They don't want to come together to help and serve under somebody else. They want to bring everybody together so they can lead the whole group. And I've learned to stay away from those people. And if they'll just obey God and do what Jesus wants them to do, and I do what I'm supposed to do, we won't get in each other's way, and we will actually compliment one another. They'll reach people that I won't reach, and vice versa. Now, Ishmael is getting in the way, and he is intent upon stopping Isaac from being blessed. And so Sarah, the wife of Abraham, said, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. Ishmael was Abraham's blood son, not Sarah's, but Abraham's. And 
he didn't want to see Ishmael go. And he's a 19-year-old kid. He's grown up in Abraham's household. Abraham has a soft spot for him. But here's what's going to happen. If he is allowed to stay in the tent complex that belongs to Abraham, he is going to ruin this kid brother. Isaac has a right to grow up in an atmosphere at home where he is not being intimidated, not being bullied, not being threatened. And his brother will not permit that. So there's only one solution. His brother has to be removed. And his brother's mother, Hagar, has to be removed. And the truth of the matter is, she is the problem. Now listen to what God said. Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad, Genesis 21, 12, or because of the bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice, for in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make an, a nation of the seed of the bondwoman, because he's your seed. And so Abraham rose early in the morning, took bread and a skin of water, putting it on her shoulder, he gave it to the boy and to Hagar, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Now, you know what happened? God made him a mighty nation. God protected him. The angels of God were around the kid. In other words, his place was not in the home with Isaac. And it's a sad story, but God had an answer to bless both parties. The Bible says that Ishmael was like a wild man and didn't dwell with anybody. He really didn't get along with any of the other tribes around him. He was a real loner. It was the nature of his personality. And so God blessed Ishmael during the time that he lived. And God shows us that he can bless people even when they have to be removed. Now, I was teaching Sunday school years ago to a group of teenagers. And while I was teaching, there was a, a man, a young man, 17 years old, in the back of the room who had let it be known all morning long. I rode on the bus with him for a whole hour on the way to church, 50 miles away. This young man is talking about how he was miserable, how he'd smoked pot all night long the night before. And uh, there was a lot more of a stigma against pot in those days than there would be now. And anyway, he was talking in the middle of class. It got to the point that I couldn't teach because he was so loud. And he was doing everything he could to rebel against me. And he'd been to church, and I knew him as a troubled kid. I tried to help him. But I finally stopped. I said, Alan, stop it now. He said, make me. And he started to challenge me. I tried to get back to teaching, couldn't do it. He wouldn't stop. So I dismissed the class. I took Alan outside. I was about 21, maybe 22. Uh, I had been a hay hauler before I became a pastor. And, and I'd worked out with weights. I could do 50 push-ups with this arm, 25 with my left. I was in great shape. This kid's 17, I'm 21. I can't hit him. Uh, but he's daring me. He's going like this. Come on, come on, man. You want some of me? Come on. And Oh, man. And it was a test. It was a real test. It was a great temptation. Had I gone after him, maybe 15 seconds of consciousness in him, I'd have had him knocked out on the ground and begging for mercy in 15 seconds. Could have done it. Didn't do it. Wanted to do it. Felt like doing it, but I didn't. And see, we're judged not by what we feel, but by what we choose. And I chose not to hurt him. But I made a decision right then and there. I can't let him come back because now it will get worse on the next Sunday. And I have to weigh what is most important. Is it most important for me to be able to teach this class without interruption? 
or do I bend over backwards to try to reach this kid? Now, a lot of you would have the notion that you bend over backwards to try to reach the kid. And let me tell you what happens. You lose all your Isaacs when you bend over backwards and compromise to reach Ishmael. And I want you to see what God did. God told Abraham, Ishmael has to go. You don't put Isaac in harm's way in order to salvage Ishmael. And it never happens. Now I'm going to show you a New Testament counterpart to this. And it is found in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and I'm reading from the ISV, International Standard Version. Here's the Apostle Paul, and it's the same principle. Here we go, 1 Corinthians 5.1. It is actually reported, this was not private information, this is reported commonly. It's actually reported that sexual immorality exists among you, and of a kind that isn't found even among the Gentiles. A man is actually living with his father's wife. You're being arrogant instead of filled with grief and seeing to it that the man who did this is removed from among you. Even though I am away from you physically, I am with you in spirit. I have already passed judgment on the man who did this as though I were present with you. When you are gathered together in the name of our Lord Jesus and my spirit and the power of our Lord Jesus are present, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of his body. Now, if God's the one who puts sickness and disease on people, why wouldn't you hand him over to God? But apparently disease and destruction are from Satan. So you hand him over to Satan for the destruction of his body so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. You're bragging. They actually bragged that they were so superior in love and grace that they could love a man who was doing this. He said, your bragging's not good. You know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough, don't you? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new batch of dough since you are to be free from yeast. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So let us celebrate the festival, not with the old yeast or with the yeast of vice and wickedness, but with the bread of purity and truth that has no yeast. In other words, uh, here Paul is comparing sin to yeast, and he's saying you've got this sin, and if you don't deal with it, it's going to take over your whole church. He said, I wrote you in my letter to stop associating with people who are sexually immoral. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral, or greedy people, robbers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave the world. But now I am writing to you to stop associating with any so-called brother if he is sexually immoral or greedy or an idolater or a slanderer or a drunk and a robber. And by the way, there are a lot of churches today that are embracing people who are openly immoral and they think it is a mark of Christ's love. And I didn't say you start screening everybody at the door. If people want to come to your church, uh, you, you should have a policy of allowing them to come, listen to the Word of God, unless we've got someone who comes who's a threat. And so with such a person, you must even stop eating. After all, it is my business. Is it my business to judge outsiders? You're to judge those who are on the inside, aren't you? God judges the outsiders Put that wicked man away from you. Same principle. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul tells the church that if you want to protect 
the Isaacs. You've got to deal with the Ishmaels. What is this? It's the love of God. And one of the chief things that love does is that it guards, it protects. It's all the time I have for this today, but I pray you'll go back and read that 1 Corinthians 5 and the book of Genesis chapter 21, verses 8 and 9. It'll be extremely helpful for you to see that. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.